Hey, thanks again for making the time and uh, tuning in. You can find all things Jay Fuller interviews on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Jay Fuller interviews. And now the Backfire podcast with Jeff Fuller of Jay Fuller interviews on Apple iTunes and Google podcasts. We certainly believe that people's stories make our stories better. If we will take the time to make the time and listen to unlearn what we thought was right to relearn what is right. And one with a great story now is Dan Horowitz. Dan, how are you? I'm doing well, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, definitely. It's good to uh, have you on. And uh, you just shared off uh, off air, but how old are you, Dan? I am 25 years old. 25. So I'm an old man. I'm 46. And I'm realizing that I'm no longer young. And I'm closing in on that middle age uh, aspect of wanting a fancy car or something nice. But regardless, you wrote a book and it is called Help Them Up. You were just sharing, and there's a picture behind you. I want to bring this up on Amazon as well so uh, our viewers can see. And if you are listening to the podcast after, just go to Amazon.com, search Help Them Up. And uh, what led you to write this book? I think the inspiration to write it was just trying to help coaches and players create a championship culture environment and just have a great time playing the the game of basketball and coaching the game of basketball. And I had been around basketball my whole life. I still am. And I had done research, I'd say like kind of focused research for the past eight years and transitioning out of college coaching at the division three level. uh, After three years, I decided that I wanted to share all the knowledge that had been shared with me. And that's how the book kind of came to be. And it was a huge team effort to get it done and very, just grateful and honored that some people have chosen to buy it and read it. Yeah, and I have not got a copy myself, but I'm certainly going to. It's also uh, available on Kindle, and you have, if you have Kindle Unlimited, it's uh, free. So, Dan Horowitz, mixed up time. Where did you grow up? I grew up in West Hartford, Connecticut, uh, born and raised, and uh, I have a twin brother named Ben, who I like to brag about and talk about, and uh, I have an older sibling, David, who's five years older, so... Um, so we definitely played a lot of sports growing up and then an older sister, Sarah, um, that's uh, seven years older. So, uh, good, uh, family and, and just, um, grateful to have been able to have the opportunity to play sports growing up, uh, because of our, our parents and finding opportunities to do that. Now I'll share a little story. I am not a baseball player, though I'm wa- uh, wearing a Boston Red Sox shirt. Now I struck out at T-ball because I did not understand keeping your eye on the ball. However, in New England, it's kind of like baseball is such a short season due to the weather. That's why I like basketball because you're inside. What led you to focus on the sport of basketball? Well, like you, I, I loved baseball and Derek Jeter is my idol growing up. And so I loved playing shortstop. I know shaking your head, but uh, <laughs> but Yankees fan definitely grew up just loving, you know, loving the whole Yankees team. And they were uh, very good when I was growing up as well. So it's a, a great team to cheer for. But I think we just wanted to play outside, just something to build some camaraderie and, and have fun with our friends. So I played football, basketball and baseball growing up. And then when I got to high school, starting my sophomore year, I'd play year round. Uh, every season just to kind of focus in on that and give myself a chance to compete at the collegiate level um, if the opportunity presented itself. So uh, definitely a lot of fun, a lot of uh, friendships, and um, it was a a good journey. My knees hurt a little bit now, to be honest, Jeff, my lower back. I I do some basketball training, and it's uh, catching up to me pretty quick. (laughs) Yeah, it happens. Father time is undefeated, as they say. But Dan, you mentioned a twin. Do you have any other siblings? 
Yeah, so uh, Ben's uh, the twin brother, and uh, he was a manager in the grad assistant at Syracuse. Um, so they compete in the ACC against your North Carolina guys. Yeah. And, um, and then my older brother, David, uh, and older sister, Sarah. So being younger, did that push you and motivate you? Or was that something that you kind of ventured off different from them to focus on just yourself and your own identity? That's a great question. I think always having a, a best friend and somebody to do stuff with, with Ben, that kind of kept us out of trouble and just made sure we were playing sports and, you know, getting our, our schoolwork done first is what our mom always made sure we did. Um, but being the youngest, I think it was great because I got to learn from, I guess, you know, our older siblings' mistakes that they had gotten in trouble in school or something. Then uh, Ben and I kind of just had an unspoken agreement to try to not to have our, our parents have to go through some <laughs> of that stuff. Nothing crazy, but just try to do the right thing. So there's no extra um, attention that we needed. And um, I will say we played this game Lava as a kid. Um, I like to think I got a, my toughness kind of came from this game, but you'd basically take a pillow or some type of uh, something you could stand on in the living room and you'd have to jump from the couch to the pillow and you'd try to push each other. Um, and we played with our, you know, with, with all of our friends and we just kind of <laughs> toss each other off these pillows and into the lava on the ground. And so I think that, you know, the agility and the, the toughness, um, I was definitely getting tossed around a lot, but uh, that was a fun game we did as brothers. And again, Dan Horowitz making some time. The website is danhorowitz.com. It's H-O-R-W-I-T-Z. And uh, before we talk about your website and how you've uh, gotten into consulting and just developing leaders, being a leader yourself, um, I know for my brother, he's two years older. There is something to be said about chemistry, whether you're playing a sport, primarily basketball. Can you just talk about how important is chemistry, whether it's in a sport or even in the business field? Yeah, I think chemistry is probably the most important thing to team success. And I, I've boiled down chemistry to just relationship building. And I think as a, a coach, you know, you, you coach a, a basketball team. I think if your players know or if you're a boss, you're, you know, the people that work for you, if they know that you care about them as a person first and then an athlete second or, you know, worker second, then they're they're willing to do maybe the extra work um, because they know that you care about them Um and, you know, nobody's a, a robot and and they want to feel valued and they want to have a voice. I'm not saying that as a leader, you have to listen to um, every one of their um, their their opinions and, um, and and actually execute it. But I think it's important to take the time to listen to your people, hear what they have to say, because they're the ones out there, you know, on the court every single day. And so it would be it would be a disservice to the team if you didn't take their input and then gather all that information and and make uh, the best decision for the team. So in terms of chemistry, I think a lot of that's built off the court, you know, with like handshakes and going to the movies and getting food together, sleepovers, all those things, you know, you know, for basketball players and then just taking time, you know, for to meet with your business people, play a sport um, or, uh, you know, go out to eat, something like that. I think just learning about the people outside of the job is really important to build that chemistry. Now, it seems as though people that have a website are viewed as a professional or an expert. Uh, I heard it said that the best leaders don't know they're leading because they're so busy learning. So let's back up a little bit. For you, with this website, with what you do for work, with the consultations that you give, the wisdom you provide, how do you continue to learn and push yourself not to be that expert, but just to learn as much as you can so you can apply to life those things that have been learned? Yeah, that's an awesome quote. I'm going to have to write that one down. Um, 
I, I've always been intrigued with just the the best teams, and I don't think that that means they need to have a you know a title of a you know of a Duke or North Carolina. I think it just you can find great leadership anywhere. I believe leadership is just influence. So uh, if you take the time to learn from these people that uh, that clearly have figured it out in terms of managing their people, uh, you can learn a lot and pay it forward and help others. So uh, through some of the uh, the the stories in the book with the teams I um, learned from, like that was only a snippet of what I learned. But coaches would take you know an hour just to talk with me and answer all my questions, and they would allow me into their practices. Uh, to individual workouts, hire me for summer camp. So just having those opportunities to have as many conversations as I can. And, you know, coaches love to talk um, and they, you know, they have a lot of information they want to share. And so I was willing to bring my notebook and pencil and, um, and take as many notes as I could. And then I would be so excited. I would share it with all my people and, and hopefully they could implement it into their team and their lives if they felt, um, you know, it was good information. So, Dan, I ask this respectfully, but uh, I just want to know, how did you grow up? Your parents, were they strong in your life or were you kind of raised in the school of hard knocks and then coaches later in life really invested in you, this thought process, this help them up mindset? How did you grow up? Where did you really learn the importance of helping one another? Yeah, I grew up with, uh, with a very loving and caring and supportive uh mom and dad and my siblings and i would say that they had a very positive impact on me in just terms of being showing empathy towards others um never judging a book by its cover and you know no act of kindness too small is uh, or as small as you know it's still worth it uh so i think having that type of leadership in my life was really important growing up and then um and then my uh dad when my twin brother and i were rise or juniors in college he unexpectedly had passed away um and that was really tough for us and um but the book is was a dedication to him and uh, he was the best you know teammate um, i ever had just more of a definitely a dad but more of a friend and he would yeah. come to newberry college and he all my friends they had a, he had a cool handshake with everybody um <laughs> and he was just loved to be a part of it and, and would come up to my games and just sit in the in the bleachers whether i played zero minutes or you know 20 minutes in that game so uh, he was just loved me, loved his family. And so I would say, you know, having those people in my life. And then the, the last part of it, the title, Help Them Up, comes from my twin brother because he could be, he could get the rebound and toss it down to me, uh, you know, like a half court and I'd get fouled and fall on the ground. And he would somehow still be the first person to sprint out <laughs> and pick me up. And so Help Them Up is, you know, something that was instilled in him for whatever reason and something that I've taken a lot of pride in. Um, you know, as, as I progressed through uh, my coaching career. And it's something that you can control on every play and it just shows that you care about the person that fell and you want to help them up and check in on them. So um, that's probably the, the kind of the inspiration around trying to share my thoughts with others. That's really good. And on Instagram, you are Dan the Man 0149, Dan the Man 0149 on Twitter, Dan Horowitz 1, Dan Horowitz the number one, danhorowitz.com is where uh, you can find more information. Dan, as we think about the importance of teammates, we think about the importance of mentors. Why do people, young or old, balk at the thought of having a life coach, a mentor, someone that really holds them accountable? I think it's just because it's uncomfortable. You know, it's, it's out of their comfort zone and having somebody that you know is going to, you know, did you do your 200 push-ups this week? 
you know, or did you do all your homework? You know, I'm sure you would have those conversations with your players. And um, I think maybe people just don't want to have to face that. But I think having an accountability partner, having a mentor, somebody that you can bounce ideas off of and, and just to hear their thoughts, because I think the most powerful thing people can do is share stories to kind of send a message and, and explain, hey, in this scenario, this is what happened to me. Take it or leave it. Um, but I think just being able to have that conversation with another brain um, to bounce an idea off of is really important and, and get that guidance. Uh, so it's been really cool for me to try to help kids who want to compete uh, in college to try to guide them the correct way to reach out to coaches um, and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's an easy thing to do. I think it's very admirable to continue to work on yourself and be um, and have that growth mindset. Uh, a question I have for you, though, is for the, your your team that you coach, like how how are those interactions? What do you um, in terms of trying to build that chemistry? What have you done uh, over the season to be able to bring that team closer together to compete, even if your team is you know behind in the game? Well, I'm more of an assistant to the assistant. So I'm kind of like the guy that rebounds, puts the basketballs back on the ball rack, gets out the cones. But I really think that uh, you earn the right to speak in a student's lives. So if you're the first one to pat them on the back, you can be the first one to assist them or to be critical about how to improve their game. And so I just think building that, well, we always talk about relationships begin with respect, but friendship always is there due to trust. So if you can respect someone and over time uh, develop that into trust, and that's how we've tried to coach our students and really get to know their families as well. Um, they, you know, there's a mutual respect, but we just want trust so we can speak into your life. Um, I don't know if it was Brene Brown, but somebody talked so much about vulnerability, which is terrific, but they said vulnerability without accountability loses its luster. And uh, I agree with that as well. So yeah, that's just something that uh, we've come across. Hey, on your email, it says leadership development, culture, and team building consultant. That's big shoes to fill. Uh, what do you mean by leadership development, culture, and team building consultant? Yeah, well, that's well. One, thank you for sharing. I think the, the you know respect and trust is something that takes a long time to build, um, and it can be uh, taken away very quickly. So I think uh, to be intentional with your interactions every single day and being consistent with your attitude and you know so if jeff walks through the room i'm feel like i'm gonna have a good you know it's gonna be a good encounter you're gonna be positive you're gonna you know boost me up and we'll just have a good conversation so i think if people identify you as that type of person uh, that helps build that respect and that trust um and then in regard to the leadership development stuff it's been really fun to be honest uh, i just get to work with stuff right now it's just mostly been basketball teams and uh i'll do a zoom call and i'll share the principles in my book and uh, a lot of the coaches have bought the book and they'll read it and they're like, hey, these three principles, like we talk about it all the time, but you know, an extra voice would be really helpful. And so what I'll do is I'll, these are for mostly the college teams, um, but I have worked with some high school teams and I'll watch game film and say there's a shooting foul um, against, the, against the, the team I'm working with. A lot of times t f the five players on the court go in five different directions. And what I try to teach is the huddle which is when after a foul for or against your team, you get the team puts their arm around each other and they communicate a message. They either call a play, say we're good. Let's just keep like, just keep, keep going. Um, or somebody will make a joke and just to kind of loosen the mood and, you know, somebody will get smiles on everybody's faces. It's just a basketball game. Um, and sometimes that's all you need is just to come together. So I think it's really important 
to be aware of those things. So when I watch film and I take a screenshot and they think maybe in their head, they're huddling up. And then I show them a great example of like yeah. Hobart college where my, where my uh, twin brother coaches and they huddle up every single time. And they uh, were made it to the sweet 16 before COVID um, stopped their season. So if they're doing it and, you know, Villanova at the top team of the country is doing it, then like, why aren't we doing that? Like clearly they, they figured something out. And I think all it really, the message it's sending is just the unity aspect of coming together. So when I work with teams, um, it's doing some team builders, it's asking those tough questions, and then also being somebody that's not controlling playing time or salary. I'm just here yeah. to, uh, all I'm here is just to help you guys out. And I think these, you know, you guys pick what you want of this information, but I think that you should definitely pick a few. And the best part about it is I've watched some of the, I got a great text from a coach. He said, we just beat the number one team in our conference. Like your talk was so great. And he connected me with a high school coach. Um, and that was great feedback for me to, to receive just to know that, you know, it was having an impact. But if the head coach isn't the one that's emphasizing it and praising it, um, I don't think it's going to stick. So I've seen coaches going like this or this to huddle up. And then the kids are like, oh, snap, guys, come on. <laughs> so it's like been cool to like really see that everybody's bought into whatever they chose to do as a team. And that's the, the been the, I think, most rewarding part for me. Oh, certainly. And uh, we all need people to speak into our lives like yourself, Dan Horowitz, danhorowitz.com. And I was reminded of a coach. I have never had an original thought in my life. I just steal things and try to make them apply to the situation I'm in. But this coach was saying a very intense moment. He said, wink at the other team from they're all huddled up and smile. And they all did it. And they felt it was a really intense, close game near the end. And he said, when you wink and you smile, it alleviates the stress that you're under so you can play uh, what we practiced. And I just thought that was so good. But then I noticed that not just the coach was saying it, but the players in that huddle or in those times, they would just wink at each other and just say, it's okay, we can get through. And um, sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves. So the question in here is, Dan, when we are living life, trying to be successful, meet the requirements to get that raise or whatever we think will give us more fulfillment. How would you coach people not to be under stress, but to live freely? That's a, another great, great question. I think just being present is the most important thing. And there's always going to be stuff you can, you can worry about or complain about um, or get really excited about. But I think John Wooden talks about never getting too high or too low, you know, just kind of stay in that moment and try your best. So I think if uh, you put in the time, you put in the preparation to execute whatever it is, whether it's a basketball game um, or in your business life, I just think it's really important to focus on one thing at a time. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help because, you know, we all need a helping hand at some times. And, uh, and just to be confident, like you're in that position for a reason. You know, like you said, in a basketball game, it's, it's just a basketball game. It's really important to everybody that's playing, but, you know, getting all worked up over it isn't, you know, isn't going to help. Uh, so I think it's, it's vital for people to, you know, focus on what they can control and, uh, and give it their best shot. And if it works, awesome. And if not, um, you know, you move on to, to getting better. And I'm reading Dean Smith's book right now. Uh, I thought about you when I started reading yeah. that. And, uh, and he just talks about like, like, you know, sometimes you win a game and you're still not satisfied with the the way you played. And sometimes you lose a game and you're like, guys, we did everything we could. They were just better than us today. Um, and so I just think that's really important to evaluate yourself um, and don't always just be happy with a win. You should, you know, enjoy that. But then next day, you know, 24 hours, whatever, you know, then you take time to evaluate that performance and try to get better, you know, whether you win or lose. 
and uh, and having a team full of people that do that, I think it's pretty. Uh, you kind of create an environment that's a, you know, a team that's very resilient and, and going to be tough to stop no matter what they're doing. Again, Dan Horowitz, making some time. You can uh, check out his book on Amazon.com or go to his website, danhorowitz.com. Help Them Up is the uh, the title of the book. And I just want to backtrack a little bit because I did not play at Carolina. I did not play for the Boston Red Sox, but I'm a huge sports fan that was adopted and grew up right here in central Vermont. So I chose my teams based on fifth grade when somebody said, who's your favorite team? <laughs> and at that time, the University of Vermont uh, was terrible. And so I'm like, uh, I have an uncle that lived in Carolina. They're in the top 20. And uh, I've never regretted it since. How did you choose Syracuse? And I guess I have to ask the New York Yankees. What made you choose that team? Oh, man. Well, uh, I know around here in Connecticut, anybody that had those North Carolina stories just loved UNC. So thank you for sharing the backstory because I didn't know that. Um, and uh, so Syracuse, so that's where uh, my twin brother Ben went. He was there for four years as a manager, and I got to intern in the uh, one of the summers and be a, uh, around the basketball for the whole summer. And that was just great uh, to be uh, exposed to that type of uh, elite environment. Um, so that's kind of where that came from. And then... Uh, Yankees, uh, our dad definitely loved just bringing us to the Bronx and, and to Yankee Stadium. So I think that's where that came from. And I know you're shaking your head again, but I did <laughs> go to college in Brookline, Mass. So for four years, I was around Patriot fans, uh, Red Sox fans. So um, that was, I guess, my payback. Um, and they happened to be very good, uh, especially the Patriots. I think they won two Super Bowls in my four years. And I'm a Colts fan because um, my uncle loved them. So uh, kind of random, but uh I definitely suffered a little bit being in Boston, but I loved Fenway, beautiful park, and obviously great franchise. So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how those teams came to be. Well, it's phenomenal what sports can teach, and uh, that's what I love most. The physical exercise is great, but as you get older, you do need uh, more braces and rub downs, <laughs> and just it's kind of tough on your on your body. But there's something special about sports. But I want to go a little bit uh, in the weeds about basketball coaching development. I have an opinion, so I'll certainly share it after. But if you're coaching basketball, how do you coach vision? Is that something that's just God-given, or can that be learned and taught? Is that vision as in like Steve Nash coming off a screen and finding an open teammate? Yeah, point guard's vision. Okay. Uh, so I was a point guard, I think, not, kind of by default, um, just uh, being 5'8", 5'9", uh, with shoes. Um, so I think I was always kind of just, hey, here, here's the ball. Try to you know figure it out. <laughs> so I think uh, you have to be very confident in your ball handling ability. Uh, I also think you need to be really dedicated into in the weight room uh, and, and getting faster and getting stronger. And I think that as a, as a guard, um, you can get to spots that maybe are tough to guard. And if you have that chemistry that you and I discussed earlier with a teammate and you know that you're going to call them, uh, you know, come, come handoff and then they go back door because that's a, something you've worked on yeah. a lot. Um, which is a, a play that me and my friend Sam used to run every once every game in high school because uh, he was the best shooter. So if you're saying, Sam, come here, and then the, def the defender is going to chase him and he would have a backdoor layup every time. So developing that chemistry, but also your own personal, um, your skills, I think you can get to spots and I think you learn by mistakes. So say you throw the ball and I threw it right to the defender. I could either you know take a second and let my team go four and five or I can sprint back, try to defend 
And then now I learned that, you know, I need to be, I need to, you know, maybe work more on my left hand because I'm a righty. And the only way to get the ball there fat, the, as fast as possible is with my left. So when I train kids, we work on passing all different ways. Um, and then you have, you know, bigger players that are, can see over the, the defense, which is, you know, a small guy like me is going to really do much by waving my hands at their, you know, chest. Um, so working on collective uh, vision, I think, is something that can definitely uh, be improved and it's trial and error. Uh, but the more you work on it, the better better the team will get for sure. I agree with that. I think that's a really great answer. And the the better athletes get at their craft, it's going to make the team better. And then holding yourself accountable, which we said easier, to understanding the game plan or the plays, the sets that the coaches have told you, it's more uh, because you've run that play in that chemistry you have with your teammates that those no-look passes become available but I do think that uh, as players watch film and kind of study what does open, that's going to increase their knowledge once they step onto the court. Um, it's just so difficult. And I am five, nine and a half. I'll give myself a half inch over you with shoes on. But um, I could not dribble against the press, but I always seem to have a decent vision or where people should be. And so that's what's tough when I go play pickup with guys I've never played with. I'm throwing no look out of bounds plays and they're like, get this joker off the court. But um, chemistry. So we're going back to that. How important are friendships, specifically all the reports have stated this last year with the pandemic isolation? People feel lonely even now that we can kind of gather and be around people. It's relearning how to interact and engage and listen. So talk to us a little bit. What would you say is important for us to um, not isolate ourselves, even though there's a temptation? I really don't know how to interact like I did before. For me, I I love, um, love my family. I love my friends and I love to hug them and give them high fives and fist bumps. So that was really tough for me, to be honest, Jeff, uh, just not being able to have that, that physical touch uh, with my favorite people outside of my family. Uh, my mom's a, a hardworking nurse and, and had a, you know, a lot on her hands. I'm along with everybody she works with, um, you know, this past year. And so when it first started, we would put a, put like a bathroom, uh, what would you call it? Uh, uh, I'm blanking on the, the word, but a, a curtain and yeah. so like a plastic curtain. And we put it downstairs, like in our basement, hanging up and we gave each other hugs with, <laughs> the, with the curtains and with mask on because we didn't know what was going on. But I just love to hug my mom and we found a way. So um, for me personally, I, I don't I didn't enjoy being cooped up as um, I, I could guess, you know, a lot of people weren't. And so getting back to that normal that you're talking about, I'm I'm pumped to play with my uh, pick up with my friends now that it vaccinated and stuff like that. So um, I, I think I'm just going to reach out. And even if it's just a phone call um, or FaceTime, just to keep that connection and communication going, I think is really important. But I think it's a great time to like ask open-ended questions. I think a lot of people are sometimes think too much about themselves and, and want to um, and, and talk a lot. But I think if it's a, a, a 50-50 relationship, um, you know, you should just take some time. Like, hey, what, how was this for you? Um, you know, being, you know, cooped up and, and like, what are you planning to do now that you can do things and just taking the time to pick people's brains. I think everyone wants to feel valued and have a voice. And it might give, you know, you some ideas as well as to uh, ways to integrate yourself back into the new normal. 
Um, but uh, nobody obviously prepared us for this. So I think it's just taking it one day at a time, like we talked about and, and just doing what makes you happy. And I think being around, you know, my friends and family definitely makes me happy. So hopefully we'll be outside playing some can jam, playing some hoops and, and having fun and, uh, and then icing up later, of course, because the body's going to be so. <laughs> Again, Dan Horwitz, danhorwitz.com, uh, author of the book, Help Them Up. I just have a, a couple questions, then we'll get you out. Thanks again for being generous with your time. <clears throat> you mentioned your father passing. I understand the importance of being resilient, but sometimes that loss, that sorrow, it can seem overwhelming. How have you been able to process the loss and move forward, but not on from your dad's memory? The support system that I had in place without really knowing it helped me get through it. Uh, yeah, I, I, it, was, it was kind of a weird day. Um, it was junior year in the spring and, um, and it was April, April 7th, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, my older brother and my mom drove up to see me at Newberry and my older brother, the, the academic advisor and the counselors, they kind of just like pulled me to a room right before I walked into a class and my older brother shared the news. Um, and then we had to drive five and a half hours up to Syracuse to try to get to my brother. Cause that's not some news you're going to try to do over the phone. Um, and so that's what we did. And luckily, um, you know, we got there and we're all able to kind of just support each other and cry. And then I think all the, the tears turned into just making, uh, not making fun of him, but just all the, the funny stuff he, he would do. Um, and all the stuff that he did to make us laugh. Like there's just so many stories that, instantly came to mind. So kind of sharing um, that space of grief with humor, which is what he was all about, um, helped us, I think, really move on, um, you know, just from that sadness onto, you know, positive things. And, um, you know, in my room, I have a kind of turn it, but uh, there's a, I look at that every night, all the pictures with him. And it, the quote says, uh, well, Daddy Dodgeball is a nickname I called him, but surround yourself with the people that bring out the best in you. Um, and he was always the jokester. So, um, so, you know, that, that, uh, just thinking about the good times helped me get through that, but it wasn't easy, of course, but he's the one who's been my inspiration to keep trying to, uh, I guess, give positivity and, and laughter to others. And I guess the, the last part about it was just the Newberry community that, uh, I had been a part of for three years at that point, they drove the two hours to Connecticut, um, and like three vans, all the resident assistants oh. that were the team I was a part of and some of the faculty and some of my teammates, um, from the basketball team. So seeing them uh, come around and being able to hug all of them and cry with them that uh, that sent a message to me of just like the community um, that uh, that we had built there together. So a lot of awesome people in my life. So, um, you know, it stinks to, to, to think about that, but when somebody does lose somebody, I'd like to think I'm somebody that they can go to and try to help them through it. So I think that's what it's all about is just, you know, trying to take it day by day and, and help others when you have the opportunity. Yeah, that's so good. Thanks for sharing, Dan. The final question is a stolen question. I stole this from Hernando Planos, his Be Contagious podcast, but it was so good that I just thought I would ask it to you. And that's simply if, or I guess when, in your case, when the feature film is made about your life, who plays you in that feature film? Hmm. Oh, well, I have, I have a few favorite actors. Um, 
It's a good question. Well, um, you think you could think, and I'll just give you mine. Everybody's heard it before, yeah. but because we look so much alike, tongue in cheek, I always say Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He can play cool. me because, uh, well, I'd go to watch that movie just because he's in it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. I can see the resemblance. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I love Mark Wahlberg. Um, I just think he's, you know, he's in uh, the, I think, Invincible. You know, just like a chip yeah. on his shoulder kind of guy. So I think I kind of resonate with the, being the underdog a little bit and trying to have to prove yourself, you know, on the on the sports field. Um, so uh, yeah, I love Mark Wahlberg. I think he's tough and uh, and he's, he's got a he's got a good smile, much better than me. But uh, he, I know he likes to smile a lot. So uh, um, that's who I would pick. It's an awesome question. All right. So the second part to that question is: I don't know if you're married or dating, so I don't want to get you in trouble. But who plays your love interest in that feature film? My wife always shakes her head, but I say Halle Berry, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and Halle Berry. That'd be a great movie. Who plays your love interest in that movie? <laughs> oh man, that's a that's a great question. Um, <laughs> I would say I'd say growing up, um, hmm. Hmm. Well, I do love Friends, and I like uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston. I think there she's awesome. Go. So uh, I think that's a that's a good way to get around that question. But uh, I think everybody's a fan of her, so that's that's all I'll pick. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I get that answer quite a bit. But Dan, we wish you all the best. Thanks again for sharing. And uh, the name of the book is Help Them Up. You can go to his website, danhorwitz.com. You can also check it out on Amazon just by um, googling or searching help them up on Twitter, Dan Horowitz one and on Instagram, Dan, the man zero one four nine, Dan, the man zero one four nine. Dan, thanks again. We wish you all the best and uh, take care. We'll get you back on sometime. Thank you, Jeff. This was awesome. I appreciate it. And again, thank you for making the time to uh, be a part of all things. Jay Fuller interviews on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and also the Backfire Podcast with Jeff Fuller of Jay Fuller Interviews on Google Podcasts and Apple iTunes. Make the time to listen to someone so you can unlearn what you thought was right to relearn what is right, and it makes us all better. Help them up. Help them up today. Thanks, all.